Welcome to our message for All Saints Sunday, November 5th, 2023. Our sermon text this morning comes from two places, the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, and the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. First from 2 Timothy. Paul says here, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And then from Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for these people whose lives have so greatly influenced us. We are better for having known them, and Lord, we thank you for sharing them with us. Lord, help us to follow after that example that we might that we too might live faithful lives, that we might also finish well. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Ray Conwell, Nita Mays, Jim Dudgeon, Rick Powell, Tommy Hester, Carol Watley, Francis Ledbetter, D. Ward, Susie LaQuire, and Bob Griffin. What a remarkable list of names. These people dedicated their lives to sharing the love of God through this church. Their stories continue to inspire us. We truly are better off because we knew these people. I think of Tommy Hester and the energy that he brought to everything that he did. How he loved to introduce himself as Tom Cruise. He is always looking for creative ways to fund ministry. I uh, think about the, the yard sales that we had out of our gym to fund this mission project or that. Tommy loved to host Christmas parties at his house. I remember one year we were there and he, he gave everyone present a figurine that he and Mary had picked up along the way. He had dozens of them. And he had priced them. On the bottom of each one, he put the value of them that if we were to choose to sell them, that would be the value that they were worth. But he had a condition. He said, you're welcome to keep it, but if figurines aren't your thing and you sell it, just make sure you give the money to the church. Tommy was always looking out for us. What a great, great leader in our church for so many decades. And then I think of Susie LeQuire's passion for everyone to experience God's love and the love of others. Uh, Susie was more reserved than Tommy, but I really had a chance to get to know her during an African-American history class that she took with me during the pandemic. I was so touched by her passion for justice. She grew up in a day and an age when it would have been easy for her to believe differently, but she so desperately wanted God's love to be available to all people and for all people to be treated equally and fairly. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by her, and I, I want to grow up more into that image. And then there's Jim Dudgeon. His undying commitment to Christ and his church just warms my heart. He used his gifts for the technical side of things. Not long after I moved here, he 
told me about some piece of equipment he wanted to buy for the sound booth. And I looked at this old retired guy that was talking to me about technical equipment in this new technological age. And I've got to admit, I underestimated his ability. I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't know how qualified he was to work with the technology, but uh, I encouraged him to go ahead with it. And sure enough, he made the purchase that we needed. And, and Jim did, not surprisingly, know exactly what he was talking about. But I was really impressed with his commitment. After losing a leg, after losing a leg, Jim still talked to me about how he wanted to get back into the sound booth. He was hopeful that with this prosthetic leg, he would somehow be able to manage the steps. Even in those final months, he so desperately wanted to be a part of leading this church with the gifts that he had. And I, I appreciate that so much about him. And there's D. Ward. You know, Charlie Flowers asked to be excused from school to attend Dee's funeral. Now, what middle schooler volunteers to go to a funeral for an older adult ever? I mean, that just doesn't happen. They'd rather be at school, you would think. But, but Charlie had, had hoped that she might could come to the funeral because Dee had that kind of impact on her. That uh, Dee invested in our kids' lives so much that they wanted to show that respect to her. In fact, next month, uh, our children here at Weekday Kids will be performing on our stage that Dee helped design in the fellowship hall. Dee designed that so that kids would have a place to show off their talents. You know, some churches think that children should sit down and be quiet. Dee thought they should stand up and be counted. And I think Dee was right. And of course, I remember Ray Conwell. Ray spent months in the ICU much of it with its abdomen still open from surgery. It's agonizing time. It was seemed unbearable to me. Daily, he was fighting for his life. But all through the process, he was also sharing his faith with whoever came into the room. As nurses cared for his body, he cared for their souls. He was quick to tell them about his God and his church and how they needed to be involved somewhere where they could grow in the Lord. Uh, I'm so encouraged that even in his darkest moment, he could see the light of Christ and wanted to share that with others. Well, time simply doesn't allow me to share the stories of all these saints, but you know them. Our lives are better because of the way they loved God and the way they loved others. The people we remember today blessed each of us in powerful ways. But now their stories are complete. They have written their final chapters of course, their stories will continue to influence us, but they have shared what they had the opportunity to share, and they finished well. Now it's our turn. How will we write the rest of our stories? What will our final chapters say? Each of these people fought the good fight, and they finished the course, but we're still running the race. How do we want our stories to be told? Someone once told me that we should live our lives in such a manner that the preacher doesn't have to lie at our funeral. Well, these folks certainly did that. And now they are in heaven's grandstands cheering us on. These people are looking down on us. They're part of that great cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on. Turn loose of everything that holds you back, they say. Run with all your might towards the prize in Christ Jesus. Keep going. Finish what we started. If we could hear them today, I believe that would be part of their message to finish what we started. 
The people on the people we honor today wanted to see the next generation experience the love of God. They dedicated their very lives to that task. They gave generously. They worked faithfully. They wanted to make sure that this same life-changing Christ that they had experienced would be passed on to the very next generation. They desired that. But our faith only stays alive when it's shared. No matter how strong we are in one generation, our faith only survives if we pass it on to the next. So you see what's been entrusted. You see what's been entrusted to us. No church in Tuscaloosa has a better legacy of ministry than Forest Lake United Methodist. But we can't rest on what they did. They did a great job. They've laid a wonderful foundation. But it's our job to share this ministry with the next generation. If we don't build on what they started, then the whole thing fails. Their story, our story, only continues if we invite new people into it. What we have is simply too precious to die with this generation. These people have entrusted us to pass it on. I invite you to join me in inviting new people into our story. Now, I say that a lot. Of, more often than not, people say, well, I don't know anyone that doesn't go to church. That's probably not accurate. Less than half the people in our country are active in church anywhere of any kind. And so more than likely, if you know more than two or three people, some of them don't actually go to church. But even if they do, if everyone that you know is active in church, then meet somebody new. Meet up with a new person so that you can share this good thing that we have. I've committed myself to that very discipline. Tomorrow night, I'll be in a group of people, several of which I don't know. I'm going to meet new people. Some of them don't go to church. And maybe, just maybe, some of them will connect with Forest Lake through my presence with them. I'm teaching an Ollie course next spring at the University of Alabama. I'm teaching an Ollie course one day a week because I want to share my love of the, of the Greek language, but more importantly, because I need to meet new people, new people who might need to meet Christ. So I'm committing myself to a discipline of meeting new people for the sake of the kingdom. Would you join me in that? Would you help meet other people, make new friends, make new acquaintances that might provide the opportunity for us to share our faith? We remember people today whose lives tell a remarkable story. Yes, they've written their last chapters. Now it's up to us to write the next chapter at Forest Lake United Methodist. And with God's help and with our faithful work together, it's going to be a strong chapter. Amen.